This is your announcer, Chuck Landington. It's time for the Metal Injection Livecast. But first, I would like to publicly deny the rumors about me molesting the young robot from Disney's Wally. They are completely untrue. I like fully grown mechanical vagina. And now here is the show. Man, Bland has been uh, telling us a little bit too much about himself, I feel lately. Yeah, TMI. Come on, Bland. What does that mean, TMI? You know, you're kidding, right? No. Too much information. Oh. Yeah. Did you notice SMH now becoming like a, like a thing? What's SMH? Shaking my head. Something, oh. something stupid on Facebook or something. That's SMH. A, it's like as much around as LOL now. First one, uh, first time I've ever heard it. And I'm a, I'm it's a like big a nerd. somewhat ghetto thing. Like, like ghetto people say say that. Oh, I see. Do we look like ghetto people to you? No, but I'm not. Do we look I, like ghetto people to you? You know some ghetto. Well, no, it doesn't. But, I mean. <gasps> you take that back. <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, I've, I've heard a bunch of stuff like IRL. Yeah. I've, in real life. Right. Um, what was that other one that I've been hearing lately that a bunch of people talk FML. About? Well, yeah, fuck my life, obviously. That's a website. Hi, everybody. Hey! Hey, it's the Metal it's the Injection, injection Livecast. Live cast. You'll notice it's a bit more positive today because Sid is not here. <laughs> Sid is not And he has on. AIDS. He has AIDS and <laughs> cancer. Uh, but uh, he's not here because we sent him on a special assignment. He's going to be providing us with an exclusive interview. With President Barack Obama. Oh, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Barack Obama, apparently a fan of the show. I didn't know this. Uh, contacted Sid for some reason out of all of us. <laughs> so Obama um, is, is our only black listener? Well, I don't know about that, but uh, racist. Uh, <laughs> we'll have that We'll have that in the first hour. Well, he's only half black anyway. So he's half racist. Uh, <laughs> and in the second hour, we're going to be joined by Devin Townsend. So uh, we saved the big star for the second half. Yeah, but of course. Yeah, obviously, I mean, like what? <laughs> Obama shmama. What you think uh, Obama is going to follow up Devin Townsend? I mean, nah, come on, no, nah, nah, not happening. Not happening. <laughs> so uh, that's that. Sid's not here. So we're, we're down to three, but you could be here with us by giving us a call. Our number is six four six nine two nine one three five seven. That is our telephone number, and we expect some phone calls from some people's because. Uh, yeah, you know, we're kind of a live podcast, and we feed off of that kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> and uh, uh, well, we also to? feed off of a lot of other things. Yeah, like Japanese food, which we were having before the show. This yeah. table is strewn and littered with different <laughs> foodstuffs. What are, you, what are you eating over there? Um, that? I'm up to my salad and my soup. Salad. That's all you eat is salad. You're up to it. But I, I just, I just ate protein and stuff. And you said that it smelled. Hold on, rewind. First of all, no, I didn't say that. But you, but you walked in here and you're like, it smells in here. And then you looked that, at me. I did not. What are you kidding? I never said that. See, you, you're hearing. You voices. weren't even aware of what you were saying. Did I say that? Wait, Darren, you're. You said it smells in here. No, you're judging the studio smell. No, I wasn't. But I didn't even say that. Where are you hallucinating? Possibly. So wait, wait a minute, Noah. You took acid before the show and you didn't share any with me? Is this oh. what I'm hearing? Is this what I'm hearing? Darren, you're the worst friend for ratting me out. I just, uh, it looks like like you have mustard on your salad or some kind. 
It's uh, ginger dressing. My stomach is a little bit weak today. So I want to. What is this protein? What do you eat? You just eat lumps of protein, or you actually? No, eat? I had I had chicken. Oh 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 oh! You refer? Oh, you're like a bodybuilder, like. Chicken. Chicken. Quote unquote. What, what does that mean, chicken? He's saying, saying that like other that? things come in protein form that you could have been eating, I think. <laughs> Was that a dirty joke? You could have been sucking meant, on I, Sid's cum rag from oh. the other one. Ew. <laughs> I just meant it was imitation chicken, but right now we have oh. a caller, our first caller on the Zach B. Totline. Uh, 318, you are on the line. What's up? Hey, uh, you know Dino has cancer? Yes, we yes, do know Dio has cancer. It just came out earlier today that he has stomach cancer. I can't believe it. It's, it's all that sad. Italian food he's been eating. Yeah, we actually spoke about we spoke about it briefly on the air, but we didn't know it was cancer last week. We yeah. just knew he went was rushed to the hospital. And Sid, of all people, was signing off the air. And, and Rob goes, "All right, uh, get, good luck to Dio. Get well. Soon. I hope he gets well soon." And Sid's like, uh, "I don't." <laughs> that, I thought that was very harsh of him. A cancer survivor, yet yeah, Sid is a cancer survivor, yeah, and he's wish- not wishing Dio to get better. That's terrible. Well, I mean, uh, you think- what's that? Wait, what's your name, caller? Do you think he'll still be able to sing? Your name is. Do you think he'll still be able to sing? <laughs> Ever delay. Uh, I was, I was- what? What's your name? Oh, um, John. Oh, what's up, John? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think he still will be able to sing. I mean, they said it was early, so it's treatable. Well, he won't be able to do that uh, singing stomach tour he was going to do. He was going to sing with his stomach, <laughs> so he can't do that. But he can still use the vocal cords, I think. Yeah, it makes me sick to my stomach. Oh. Get it? I see what you did there. <laughs> that was a little uh, little uh, play on words. <laughs> Some would call it a. So, poem. what's your favorite year? My favorite what? Album of the year. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I have to really go back and listen to some of the albums that came out at the beginning of the year because I kind of don't remember really what happened like an hour ago, let alone months ago. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but right now, I got to say that the new uh, Converge record, Axe to Fall, is my favorite record of the year. How about you? Uh, I like The Great Mr. Rex. Yeah, no, I mean that was that was a pretty awesome record as well. Uh, yeah, I'm still trying to decide whether I like it better than Colors, or you know, I'm I'm trying to rank the two. <laughs> well, I've uh, if we're getting into a music discussion here, which is very rare for the Metal Injection Live cast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, I think uh, I think it is better than Colors. I, I mean, like I haven't really spent too much time with the new album, but from what I have heard, I definitely like it a lot more. It's more like it's basically what they did on colors, but like more mature and like they're better at w- at what they're doing, that kind of thing. It's like an, a good progression from colors. It, it, it seems like if you start at the beginning of their discography and work towards the end, they they seem to get more melodic and maybe more progressive. Yeah. Oh yeah. Agree? Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, also, I kind of miss I kind of miss some of the old stuff. Like I, I still really love their self titled and the. Uh, Silent Circus. By the way, can I just interject something? I, I want you to listen to something. You hear this? That's the sound of Sid not saying that everything you're talking about sucks. I know. It's so weird. <laughs> I, I, keep, I keep looking over to uh, where he sits, thinking that like I'm going to get attacked for, for every second. It's not happening. It's a little weird. I feel a little uh, uncomfortable in my comfortableness. Sort of miss it. <laughs> yeah. 
So, uh, but yeah. What do you guys think of New Moon? What are you interviewing us here? What's going on here? This is I our show. I kind of like it. Let's. See. Well, John. Uh, <laughs> no, I haven't seen New Moon. I, like, I didn't. I didn't see Twilight either. I like Harry Moon, which is Rob's ass. No one gets to see that every night. Which I saw today, and I also walked in on Rob changing his pants for his drug dealer. Whoa, whoa, come on, not on the air. <laughs> Wait, the drug dealer was in here and he was changing pants no, for No, no, I guess he was downstairs and Rob didn't want to go outside in his pajamas, so. Wow. I mean, I've done it before, so I just felt like it, was, uh, it wasn't appropriate. But uh, thanks for calling in, John. We have a few more callers that we're trying to, trying to get on the air. Turn that off! My pajamas don't deserve after dark music. See, uh, keep listening, John. Devin Towns, it's coming up. Okay, Dirty. <laughs> right, that's a good, good, well, good. I wanted to know what he wanted to know Dude, about. Dude, I'm fucking. What? Hello? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Hello? Hello? Anybody? No? Hello? Yeah. <laughs> Hello? Don't tell him he's on. We don't want to interrupt anything. Can someone hear me? Can someone hear me? Who, who, did you call this number? Who is this? Yeah, this is Devin. Oh. Oh, for real? <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, I was given this number, man. I've been driving in traffic. Try, I've been listening to you guys. I'm just like, how the hell am I supposed to get a hold of these folks? <laughs> oh, hey. Well, you're on the air right now. <laughs> well, right on. How are you guys doing? That's This has uh, been an interesting evening. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is well, the only number I got. I, I, I phoned up my wife, and I got her to double-check the emails as well, because uh, I guess- honestly, man, it's... Pissing rain here, and we're driving, and I'm just like, uh, this is the number I got, so I apologize for being late. But hey, I'm in line. No, you're actually you're actually way early because uh, uh, I thought we were gonna do it at like nine o'clock, but we can do it now. Who cares? <laughs> oh no, they, I, I got a, I got a mail earlier that said five p.m., but I can totally phone back. That's totally cool. I feel I feel like it'd be kind of rude to just hang up on you right now. We can't do that. <laughs> I, you know what? If that, if that was the rudest thing that happened to me today, man, that would be one of the better days of this week, man. What's so a, feel free. It's just that like a lot of he like he posted in a bunch of forums that you were going to come on at nine, like Eastern. So there's a bunch of people probably that's, waiting to hear that's you at totally nine. Cool. That's okay. cool. I got an email from uh, from George that said uh, five my time, but like, uh, what time is it now? It's like uh, right now. It's eight uh, ten over here. Well, can I phone you back in like 50 minutes then and make it 6 o'clock my time, 9 o'clock your time? That would be perfect. See, it's awesome. Like, we'll talk to you then, guys. Great. This is like a teaser. Yeah. This is like a teaser. Like, everyone. see, Devin Townsend really is yeah, yeah, going to call hey, in. Coming up later in the evening, more nonsense from me. <laughs> my first lotto numbers. What a professional. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Seven, five, sell. I'll talk to you guys at nine, all right? All right okay, cool. Thanks, Devin. All right, Devin Townsend. We we were just uh, all, we almost pranked Devin Townsend. Wow, I thought that was <laughs> still so wrong. But I thought it was the other call, like like not hanging up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, seven oh three. I hope you're also not Devin Townsend. <laughs> but, hey, this uh, is yeah. Devin Townsend too. You're on the live cast. Hello, seven oh three. Or you just read the rest of the number? Hello. Ah, oh, they're gone. So wait, what were we they, talking? Somebody ass dialed us. That's what happened. <laughs> wow, I can't believe that. Um, I I really hope that Devin is able to call us back. Yeah. that would kind of suck. Wow, 
That would be our whole Devin Townsend interview, that three-second call. Imagine if we hung up. We were, we were like, ah, we'd rather talk about ourselves for 50 minutes. That's no, not that. It's, I feel bad. Like, you know, you, you, you went in a bunch of forums and said 9 o'clock. So, like, all these right, people yeah. are just going to come in for that. Plus, I feel so unprepared. I had all these questions. And, yeah, and then you're going to be like, oh, no, you missed it. It was an hour ago. You know. Yeah. But don't worry, Devin will be here. See, he has the number. <laughs> he knows what the number is. Do you know what it is? It's 646-929-1357. His wife also has the number. We've learned from this wow, very short yeah, interview. Wow, yeah, It's great. <laughs> and the Googler now knows that he's married. Oh, God. <laughs> and, of course, uh, we have the lotto numbers, too. So, if, uh... <laughs> Thanks to Devin. Now, uh, before the show, Darren, you were kind of talking about uh, oh, yeah. something at the boat club, but you said you wanted to save it for the air. So no, I, well, I play poker in this. Uh, there's like a marina near our neighborhood, and the people park boats there. And one of the boat clubs has a bunch of uh, a poker game, you know, once a week. So uh, a lot of old timers there. It's very nice, like a nice atmosphere. But um, uh, every once once every year they do this thing called the uh, old timers party. So like all these old guys come down, they throw a party for them. It's like twenty dollars to get. And you in. were there. Well, I was there because they told me they're going to play cards too. You know, so you're I, not that old, Darren. I'm the youngest guy there. <laughs> so I mean, do you get all the old women? Uh, no, no. It's like a men's. You know, it's like a men's. Oh, it's a men's club. You know? I mean, it's not really. Women can go, but like they, you know, they don't want to be there about to run a bunch of altar cockers. You know, <laughs> so. <laughs> So I go to the, they invite me down. I'm like, ah, oh, it's 20 bucks. Uh, we're going to raffle off a blowjob. Uh, what? <laughs> I said, oh, okay, I'm not, you know, you know me with my OCD. I don't really like, you know, I freak out if I fuck a regular girl, let alone a hooker coming over and, you know, whatever. I'd freak out for like six months. <laughs> coming over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but I'll come down, you know, hang out till the hooers leave. And, <laughs> come down. All right. This I'm not going to do this. <laughs> sorry if you keep interrupting me. Um, I get there and, and like a naked Puerto Rican broad like is right there in the doorway as I walk in the door. And um, my friend says to me, one of the uh, older guys, like uh, the girl walks by. She's like, oh, I need a volunteer. I said, uh -oh. I said, I try to back away. He goes, oh, here's your volunteer right here. He shoves <gasps> me in. So she's, she's like she's completely naked, right? She walks me in the in the other room. And there's like everyone's in there drinking. There's like a disco ball. Lights are off. You know, there's a DJ and all that shit. And there's three other naked broads, right? Mm -hmm. By the way, th one of them, like, model, like, unbelievably hot. She looked like Jessica Alba with, like, giant tits. My goodness. The rest of them heinous, like, street sewer bitches. Awful. Okay? So they have these uh, four chairs. They're set up, like, two each back-to-back, -back, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm the fourth, like, unlucky schmuck, right? So... Like she says, she says, don't worry, you know, whatever. It's the show. It's not, I'm not going to, you know, fuck you on stage or anything, whatever. Okay, I only have okay. gonorrhea. Don't worry. Right. No, no, no. But whatever. So I'm like, all right, all right. I don't want to look like a, like a stick in the mud, you know, so I just do it. And she starts taking my pants off. Like she opens my belt and like takes my shirt all the way up. And I'm like, whoa, you know, I, I don't like, I don't know where this is going. But thank God that she let me get out of there because I backed out and they put some other <laughs> asshole in. And I watched what happened. Oh, my God. What happened? Oh, my God. All right. First of all, they take the guy's pants down, right? They take, they take his boxer shorts down to expose his ass. They take, she takes his belt and starts whipping him. All four of them, like on the chairs, right? Whipping their ass for like, like over a minute. With that guy's belt? Yeah, hard. Like, whoosh, 
you know, like fucking really whipping the shit out of them. Then um, they like, they're going to give them a lap dance with their naked ass, which I don't really want even like through a layer of pants, let alone underwear. Oh. Right. <laughs> um, but this is to me, this is the most disgusting thing. OK, then the girls kneel down. Right. And all the girls kneel down on the chairs, like with like leaning on the chairs. They put saran wrap over their pussies. And they made the guys eat them out through the saran wrap. So they made a female condom out of saran wrap. More or less, yeah. Now, let me tell you. All right, these are hookers, like professional hookers. Wait a minute. And they made the guys eat their pussy? Yes, and I would have been that fucking idiot sitting there, like, eating that girl's oh. pussy through a fucking, that her rancid fucking disgusting pussy through a thin layer of saran wrap. You're telling me what they have can't go through saran wrap? Uh, that could probably go through a lead wall. Well, I'm sure, <laughs> yeah. Okay, the fucking super-powered crabs they probably have. Now, uh, let me ask you something, Darren. What kind of what kind of lookers were these girls? I told you, like, one of... Not the one I was paired up with. Actually, all four of those girls were ugly. There was one... One extremely super hot chick. There were, like, I think in total, like, six of them. The rest of them were just awful, like, rancid, disgusting bitches. And they expected you to eat their pussy. Yes. Part of the show, these guys, yeah, they're all like old, like goombas, like Brooklyn Italian. Oh, you gotta fucking go in there. It's just a- That's amazing. What, what was the next part? Were they gonna ask you to fix their TV? They sh- like, no, it's part of the show. <laughs> it's part of the show. You gotta fix my TV. I can't well, get Channel Four going. I'm actually glad you asked because the next part of the show was they shoved their faces in the girls' assholes. <laughs> I knew it. I <laughs> and knew no it. saran wrap. Ah. Oh. So, well, the saran wrap stayed on the pussy, I guess, because ass is clean. Pussy, yeah. you gotta watch that. Uh, so Did they I was, get paid to do that? Yeah, it was like a like a like a bachelor party, but way like you know. I thought you said worse. it was like a charity event. No, but it was the same format as a bachelor oh, party. Oh, I've, like I've never been to a bachelor party, so I don't know. Oh well, but it, it's more teasing in a bachelor party. Like I've never, I've heard of other wilder ones, but like usually they'll just like you know just give you lap dances and get naked and sit in your lap and whatever you know rub their tits in your face and shit like that. But oh, okay. I've never seen like saran wrap pussy yeah. eating at a bachelor party. <laughs> Although the last bachelor party I went to was with Rob at our friend Jeff, uh, Jeff's house. Well, not at his we house. We didn't see no pussy at that the, He wasn't allowed. He wasn't allowed to have Aww. pussy. Actually, I think he, what, what was the story? He was allowed, but like he declined it out of respect to his wife or some yeah, dumb shit. Some- <laughs> his wife was like, go ahead, have a fucking hooker. His wife know? was at a strip club or something. <laughs> His wife was at a male strip club having cocks rubbed in her face. You should have gone with her. You would have had more fun. <laughs> yeah. To get co- uh, at least you would have seen more skin. Yeah, right? Um, yeah, we would have seen the broads drunk getting naked at least. But so now we went over to his house. They're sitting there playing like Xbox and like, you know, hockey, Xbox hockey. And like, the fuck, you know, you're getting married, dude. But anyway, so that was the, that was the I, I escaped eating uh, saran wrap covered, thinly veiled, disgusting <laughs> pussy, street cunt, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, then we played cards. And while we're playing cards, they did like a lesbo show. They laid out some fucking rain tarp or whatever on the on the thing, and they're like mo- rolling around naked, eating each other's uh, twats with saran wrap or without. Uh, no, just, they were eating each other, so I guess they didn't care, you know. Oh, so but, I guess since they have, like, the same disease, <laughs> yeah, they they're all, not susceptible to It's anything. the same ecosystem they all <laughs> carry around with them. <laughs> How old were these broads? Uh, probably all 20s. 
Roughly. Well, one was like near, I would say near 30. Ugh. The hot one looked like she was like barely 20. Is that why she looked hot to you? Oh, well, she wasn't really doing anything. That's the thing. Like she didn't do You're any right of that there, Robba. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. make it. Yes, younger women are attractive. There's a big shocker. Well, at least it wasn't like really old and like decrepit women. No, but I went to a strip club once where it was like, I forgot the name of it. It was in Queens or something. And they were like real heinous, like old. There was one I just vividly it was burned into my brain. Remember this one old bitch, like a 50 year old woman with white hair and oh. like fruit roll up tits. <sighs> and like, and they, and they were, she was the worst. Okay. But they were all bad. And they would like harass you if you didn't give them money. Like, oh, you cheap fuck, you, you know, you cheap bastard. Like, what, what do you, do you deserve money? You look like yeah. my fucking grandma <laughs> <laughs> with tattoos, wrinkly fucking. Ugh. Yeah. I went to a strip club once too. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been to two in the same night because the first one that we, we ended up in was like this ghetto, um, <laughs> this really ghetto strip club. And, yeah. You could tell that it was only That's for like... That's my kind of strip club. Yeah, like, it, it, it was only, like, really thick black girls mm-hmm. with, like, you know, like, really bad polyester hair extensions and long nails and stuff. Darren, yeah. which one is she talking about? Uh, well, there's a few. <laughs> no, go ahead. And it was it was just really weird, because it was just, like, so, like, low budget. And, uh... What happened? Did you get any? Well, um, we didn't stay for too long. We just ended up leaving. It was this place on Long Island. And then we went to another Long Island strip club, which was... Uh, was it full frontal or just tops? Uh, no. Uh, no. The the See ghetto badge? one... The ghetto one I saw Vag, but the other Long Island one with like the regular Long Island girls, mm-hmm. it was just topless. Yeah, generally they're not allowed to serve uh, drinks if they show Vag. I, it was just For like so reason. late in the night. Well, and I think that's a New York rule, right? Like, yeah, because I, I went to one in Jersey, and this was my only experience at a strip club. And I don't know, I just felt like after 20 minutes, I got it. <laughs> got what? Hey, I get it. Oh. <laughs> oh, you're over it. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> all right, <laughs> women, naked, <laughs> all right. It is. I kind of agree with you on that, because it's more like a tease, you know? Yeah. And I wouldn't want to fuck any of the girls in there. Like, That's the thing. Like, they weren't even, like, you know, like on the oh, Sopranos. Exactly. <laughs> on the Sopranos at the Bada Bing, like, they had top shelf looking strippers. But, strippers don't. Uh, well, that's like not that. really what I meant. Like, I meant even if they're hot, I wouldn't, like, want to fuck a stripper, you know? Right. Just because it's, like, panicky. It's, like, you know, where's like where's she been? Yeah. Who just put a condom? I mean, put I a condom on. I, you don't understand OCD, man. When you have a condom on, you're thinking the whole time, is it going to fucking break? Even with a clean girl, like I know she doesn't have anything. It bothers me. Mm. Wait, well, so a- so do strippers actually do that? Like, do they go all the way in strip clubs? Like, not in, in the no, I mean, like yeah. I, some of them are escorts too. So like- no, it, it happens fairly frequently. Like, you can go in the back and pay a certain fee. Yeah. Have a little waka waka. Well, there, you, well, there you go. I remember uh, I went with a friend of mine who mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned from the uh, oh, the okay. bachelor party. That same person and uh, the same host of the bachelor party. Yes. Okay. And uh, so anyway, <clears throat> we go to this place in Jersey, and it's like you know, there's like uh, twelve, fifteen girls performing that evening, mm-hmm. and. And, like, you know, it's like, 
it's a whole a scale of attractiveness from like okay. mildly attractive to like, oh, wow, that girl is really attractive. Like, I would like a lap dance from that girl, mm-hmm. you know? And so uh, our friend picks out the grossest <laughs> girl uh, available. On purpose? Or, uh, no, he has no self-esteem, he, probably. He was attracted to her, he said. Oh. Yeah. Uh, What'd she look like? In her, in her defense, she had... Like, it's always the ugly ones that have the best moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she had the best dance, whatever. They got she put the, she put, Yeah, exactly. She put the most effort in. Yeah. You and, could tell uh, she went to hip-hop club when she was young. <laughs> well, she was a white girl. She was, she was, like, real thin. Like, really thin. No breasts, really, like... He, our friend has enough for both of them. <laughs> yeah, and uh, just like eh, just like nothing special about her. But then uh, anyway, so we 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 were sitting there, and obviously, you know, if you sit down down front, you got to be like tipping on that, otherwise they kick you away. So yeah. we were kind of sitting further away. But these girls are persistent; they fucking come to you, like, hey, <laughs> want to dance, know? baby? Yeah, I want to. <laughs> so then he. Like, as if he's never seen a woman before. He's like, uh, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Good impression, and, by the way. And then uh, I was there with two two uh, two people, and they both went to get a lap dance. And uh, it was so funny because a lap dance is like, well, it's like, I don't, I forget. It was like 60 bucks for 20 minutes or something like that. It's and, a long-ass lap dance. Or well, however it works. I don't know. Uh, 10 minutes. Uh, what have you. And uh, I'm just saying I can't take it. Like, I don't want to be teased for 20 fucking minutes. Right. Yeah. You can't touch them. Like, there's a whole etiquette, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so uh, 20 minutes pass and neither of them come back. (laughs) I'm like, all right, I see what's going on. They ask for a second. (laughs) Then my friend, my first friend that we talked about, our, our mutual friend comes back. And uh, first of all, it's like it was like his bar mitzvah. It was like the greatest day of his life. I don't know if the bar mitzvah was necessarily that. You you When did he have his bar mitzvah? (laughs) Generally, have it when you're 13. Yeah, but I'm just saying it's. I I don't know. It was a bad. Forget, forget. Oh, I thought this. You said this was for his. No, it was like his. Like he was so happy. I really thought. I'm not making a joke. No, no, no. But then, 13 year old boy. He maybe he had it. He said the greatest thing ever. He was like, oh. Oh, I think I'm in love. I'm like, all right, relax. <laughs> this is fucking just a girl. Like, yeah, you know, uh, uh, I asked her like uh, maybe we could uh, get dinner sometime, and she's like, yeah, you should. Uh, I get off. I get off at twelve. You should meet me back here. Yeah. So uh, I'm like, dude, are you retarded? She wants you to pay for that. Uh, <laughs> like that didn't. He's like, no. What are you talking about? Like, she liked me. I'm like, uh, she liked your money, motherfucker. And then the other guy we were with still didn't come back, and he ended up spending like an hour in there. Wow! And and got not like just an hour of lap dances. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's it. Well, do you know that for a fact? Maybe he yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, he told you that. Yes, Maybe he, told he just it. told you that though. I don't see why he would hold back. That he <laughs> was there a wet stain on his pants in the crotch area. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Could have nutted in his pants from the dance, though. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Oh. Uh, I thought that was like the uh, the indication that he fucked her or something. No, no, because then it wouldn't be all over his pants. It might be, <laughs> or maybe it would. <laughs> to, uh. to answer Kevin in the chat room, uh, I would not fuck a fat, ugly stripper bareback or with condom. <laughs> <laughs> so would no. you fuck uh, a fat but not ugly stripper? Or? No. What if the fat, ugly stripper was like um, was was put in like an airtight? Uh, shrink wrap or whatever? Would you fuck her then? I don't think it's what? a health issue with him. I think he just oh. doesn't want the fat ugly. 
I like you? I like really small no. girls. I like girls that I can break. Ew. That, uh, that like I could just if if like she's bothering me, I could just throw her across the room. <laughs> Not that I would, but I just like to know that I have the option. Right. Now, do you guys have any strip club stories at home? Give us a call. Our number is 646-929-1357. Would you fuck an ugly uh, stripper with a nice body? Mm, this is a good question. You know, well, I can I, well, Would you rather fuck an ugly stripper with a nice body or a fat stripper with a nice face? Wow. Face is very important to me. Okay. Um, but that is a good question. I guess ultimately, if she does have a... Shitty face. You don't really have to look at it. That's true. <laughs> but like, there's more of the body than there is of the face. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. If it's just for fucking, I guess I would. Yeah, the body. Yeah, but if it's like, if it's something serious, like two fucks, right, or three, maybe I'd have to go for the face. Jumpman Hat says you could break Noah. Why don't you hook up with her? Gross. <laughs> Rob and I are so beyond that. Oh, uh, oh, you were at that before. And now we, we, had a, we, had, we had an awkward moment. Uh, t- and I remember it on the bus. I totally was, remember oh, it. Come on, what? Tell, give. <laughs> it was it was on the on the B eighty two on the Kings Highway bus. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How old were you two? Uh, this was almost ten years ago. Pretty much ten years ago. I think I think we were in high school. It was before college. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes, it was. Over 10 years ago. Did he like, lean in to kiss you? Not, no, it was the, no. the most pathetic uh, attempt. It was like, so I really like you. Do you want to go out? Or like something like that. I'm like, um. And your response was, why are you doing this? Wow. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. And I was like, are you sure? Like, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And after that, it was over. And I'm surprised we're still friends. After yeah. so many no, years. I think uh, we talked on IM after that. And we were like, let's never speak of this again. <laughs> and, and this is the first time we're acknowledging it. Oh, I'm glad right. to be a facilitator of uh, your therapy. So, I was, um, this is like kind of segueing because mm. the other day I was, um, I was talking about how when we started metal injection, we were in college and we were both taking um, like television and radio classes and whatever. And we were in this class called Sights Down Emotion. Yeah. And when we first started Metal Injection, we used to do those like 3 a.m. episodes. And we had a friend called Eddie from this band, Fecal Corpse. <laughs> I know him. <laughs> and, Fake, by the way. And he went around this now defunct club in Brooklyn, Lemoore, which some of you might know, asking girls. If they would give him a blowjob to be on TV. Right, that's a great scene. Yeah. So he went around. He was asking like all the local like death metal guys who are in bands and all that. And then he finally found a girl outside that was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we taped it. And that was one of our first episodes. And I guess because we were just really happy that we were doing something, Rob was just so proud that he brought that into his class. <laughs> and he <laughs> showed it. That. He showed it to his professor who was not just... A lesbian, a feminist, yeah. also the head of the Rainbow Club in school, right? <laughs> yeah. Also the like, head of the like, lesbian club. <laughs> totally offended her. You should just say that Eddie is like a like a big, like just a, like a round. Like, like a big, round, greasy, he's Cartman. Yeah. He's greasy Cartman. grind. And he's like, like Cartman grown up. But he's like yeah. proud of it. He's like yeah. happy totally to be. Totally proud of it. Totally. Like, gross. <laughs> totally proud of it. And like the episode showed this girl 
giving him a blowjob and he was, you know, like... Well, it was a simulated blowjob. Yeah. It wasn't real. No, 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 it wasn't. It it was was fake. I I was going to say... I think you could still watch that episode in our vault. I don't know if... I was going to say you should put that on the live cast uh, blog post. All right, I'll I'll, I'll try to find it. Uh, It's hilarious. And, you know, at the time I was like... I don't see anything wrong with this. <laughs> yeah, he's like doing a he, just to like run it down briefly. Like he's talking to the camera. I'm like, oh, this girl's sucking my dick right now, right? Yeah. Like he's just talking while and this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here on metal injection. Really, I thought about it. Like I, I've thought about it since then because I'm like, Rob, seriously, what were you thinking? I never knew this feminist part of the story. Yeah. Oh yes. no. And like, she really liked me too. And and that that was the <laughs> until end of that day. Uh, until that day, and she failed me. Well, what did she really? <laughs> well, she was like, I th- I think it's despicable. I think it's disgusting. You like blah blah blah. Kind of was. Like, I'm like, yeah, but come on, you don't see the humor in it. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty funny, and uh, it totally was funny. It was really hilarious. It was funny, but uh, you're both right. Anyway, I realized like what it was was since we started metal injection, like that was at the point where I was like, "Fuck college," nah. <laughs> and I think I just didn't give a shit. Like, did ultimately, you actually finish? No, I I, uh, I think that was like my last semester. I dropped out because I was like, uh, you over know, it. I, I was I was over <laughs> it. I was quite over it. I was over it because uh, I, I think it's like. I was there for four years, but I only really completed two years worth of stuff. <laughs> I had, Something yeah, like, I was there three years and completed like a year and a half. Not, I over not that I fit. I would just like drop classes or yeah, not. I mean, me really, too. really all I'd end up doing is we had a, a radio station, which is uh, where pretty much most of us met. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I met you before. That was like, it was sort of like the anti-fraternity for our college because uh, I just want to hang out there. Like I'd never just want to go to class. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I keep uh, a lot of times I'll go in the chat uh, here and like I've been asked that because we can keep mentioning our old show or mm-hmm. I do anyway. And they're like, oh, you should put put some stuff on from the old show, you know, that mm-hmm. we did, which a lot of it is really fucking funny. But it's like the worst sound quality in history. Yeah. I just you can't. It's like you hear, which is, which is hilarious know. because we were at an actual station. Yeah, and like the quality of of our production now is way better with far less equipment. Well, the equipment was really terrible, but also it was two thousand one. Like, wasn't it harder to to uh, like do stuff with the equipment that was out then? Like, there wasn't any Pro Tools, right, or any of that shit. Like, no, Pro Tools definitely existed by two. But, uh, but there were still, like, transmitters and stuff that yeah. they could have. Yeah, no, no. I they, mean, like, there was just no proper way to record a show right. there. That you was did it through, the, through your computer at home recording the stream of the school, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was retarded. It was terrible. But the stuff we did was funny. Yeah. Just painful to listen to the sound quality. Just but, like uh, it's painful for our listeners to listen through Blog Talk Radio, unfortunately. Yeah, but uh, well, yeah. I mean, hey, it's better. And uh, we have an archive, and we're working on uh, an working on a, on a new on a new website for the live cast. Should be up sometime in this century. <laughs> oh, tell us about that. Yeah, Rob, tell us about. Well, that. Well, um, it's it's part of a whole uh, a whole uh, infrastructure refresh on Metal Injection. There's going to wow. be a new main page design. Wow, wow. Fancy. And uh, going to launch, you know, the site's going to be sexier. So what are you planning to put on the live cast page, if you want to reveal that? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I'm sure we'd have to talk about it, but it would just have, like, all the song parodies downloadable and about us, about, like, characters that we do on the show, I stuff think- like that. Oh, okay. Like a, like a micro site. Yeah, I like it. It'll be fun. It'll be good times. Um, 
Look out for that sometime in 2013. You should let the chat room run 24 hours there. Yeah, yeah. I guess we could totally do I mean, we could let it run. I don't know if you'd want these bastards being able to talk to each other all the time. I'm siding with the bastards. (laughs) But I mean, there could be a time where we're not in the chat room and someone just changes their nickname to be one of us. And then... uh, Shit goes down. You can. You're, you're a genius. You know. You can tinker yeah. with that so that they can't. Like we make, should be able to use our metal injection names. Or we can just say like uh, you know admin Darren, admin Rob. You know, and they but can't take that. You name. just want a title, Darren. <laughs> yeah, you, just you got be me. Big and important. <laughs> you just want to be an admin. <laughs> but uh, what was I going to say? Nothing. Nothing. I have nothing to contribute to this to this here live cast. Uh, no, uh, Devin Townsend is going to be on the air in about 20 minutes. and uh, Again. Again, for the second time <laughs> on the show. You can give us a call. Our number is 646-929-1357. And share your college stories or stripper yeah. stories. Dropping out of college was the greatest thing I ever did. Uh, Except that both of us were tricked into dropping a class and losing out on a thousand bucks or... What? Whatever, thousand uh, bucks. Yeah, it was some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, we we went to the place where you drop classes, and we were like, "Yeah, we want to drop a class." So she's like, "Okay." So she drops the classes for us, and we were both getting financial aid. So after she drops it, she's like, "Oh, um, by the way, you have to pay for it." And I was like, "What?" Okay, can we just add it again? And she's <laughs> like, "Okay, okay," but then you'll have to pay for the class that you dropped and. For the additional class. No, she didn't tell us that. She's like, okay, I'll add it. And then, okay, now you have to pay twice. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so I had to take out, a like, a, um, a federal loan just to pay for the this fucking class that I didn't take. I think that was the reason that that was, like, what set me off to drop out. I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> Did you yeah. actually have to pay it, though? Yeah. I, funny, funny enough, I, I was like, I'm never paying this, ever. Me too, but they came after me. And then, yeah, like, just, like, three months ago, I got a letter. I'm like, this is the final time we're going to ask you for this money, and then if not, we're sending this to a collection agency. Uh-huh. And then they basically harassed me, like, nonstop to wow. pay. And I was like, oh. How much was it? Thousand? It's like thirteen hundred, yeah. Oh I had to pay a thousand, yeah. But uh, of nothing, nothing <laughs> for nothing. I could have bought a freaking guitar here, without. Here's money. what. Here's a yeah. So then I decided to drop out, and I was like, "Fuck this!" You know, uh, I don't want to do this. You know, I'm going to just do uh, my own shit. And got an internship, and it, it it all worked out, obviously. But uh, I took out a loan to pay for that thing, to pay for that money, to pay. For, wait, why did I take out the loan then? If I, if they're loan sharking me. Dun dun dun. <laughs> anyway, so I took out the loan, or I took out a loan for the money and for, uh, um, like, extra stuff. Weed. <laughs> for, like, living. <laughs> and then I ended up buying an ounce of weed. <laughs> and it was the first ounce that I've ever bought. Uh-huh. <clears throat> first ounce I ever bought. And, like, I never bought more than, like, a 20 at a time or, like, a 50. So then uh, I smoked myself retarded. And I'm sitting here with this weed and this like $500, <laughs> no job. And uh, I'm just like looking at this. I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck did I do? How am I going to pay this back? How did I just take money from the government and buy weed with it? What's wrong with me? Oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God. Do you think, do you, you think live my, the American dream, Rob. Do you, think, do you think my dealer could accept a refund? Oh, I don't know what to do. Yeah, a refund oh on this the weed. You smoked half of it. Yeah. <laughs> 
So uh, I eventually did pay it back, though, so it was all right. Yeah. <laughs> I ended up all right, but I, I just, I'll never forget how I freaked out at, like, I've ruined my life <laughs> by taking out this loan. Oh, it's hilarious. Not that we're encouraging kids to drop out of college or anything. Don't follow in our footsteps. I encourage it. <laughs> Why? Uh, I think unless you're going to be uh, like a, a profession that requires a degree, something like, uh, I don't know, like a doctor mm. or a lawyer. Mm. I don't feel like you need it. Like to be in the music business, for example. Yeah, that's true. Then it's a waste of time. It's a, it's, unless You just unless, need to know people. You just need to like get an internship. No, but if if someone is pursuing a career in music, they do need to learn like production and all that stuff. Well, I mean, Sure. And you could either teach yourself or you can go to school. You could go to school for that. Yeah. Yeah. But I just mean like general college. I'm very against it. I feel it's yeah, just. Yeah, I hated it. It's just like a ripoff. It, they teach you the same shit you learned in high school. More or less. And it's like, no. But I still think that people should just give it a try. And if not, you know, then quit. I mean, well, actually, what I loved about college was the social aspect of it. Like meeting people and the radio station. But the academic aspect of it. Fuck that shit. Mm. It's yeah. like a PSA. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Are <laughs> <laughs> uh, you both eating? So I think we should go to. Music yeah, let's break. call a music break. And today we're doing something <laughs> special. We're, we're only playing stuff that Devin Townsend is in. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So for people who don't know, it's a Devin Townsend rock block. But first, we have a, a public service announcement. Ready? College sucks. <laughs> there you
Hello and welcome to the Chuck Blandington Podcast. That's right. I've got the metal injection guys locked up in my basement, and they won't be bothering us anymore. It's my time now. Shut up, Chuck. <laughs> up, Chuck. <laughs> We're back with the Metal Injection Livecast. Devin Townsend will be calling in momentarily. Hopefully. What? Uh, why? Why do you guys say that? I already called. I mean, he might get into some sort of accident, God forbid. But uh, that hopefully he'll just find like a, a a Sonic or 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 a Denny's to pull over into the parking lot and just talk to us. Yeah, but uh, you might notice this uh, this episode of the live cast isn't as cynical as usual. That's because Sid isn't here, and the reason Sid isn't here, he's on special assignment in Washington D.C. Earlier today, he interviewed our president Barry Obama. All right. And uh, he submitted a report. Darren, did you want to say something before we play the the clip? No, I just thought it was ironic that the guy that hates Cynic is the most cynical of all of us. Mm, good point. Good point. Well, here it is. A world-exclusive interview only here on the Metal Injection Livecast with Barack Obama. Thank you for doing this, Mr. President. Have you listened to our show in the past? At 4.30 in the morning. Wow. I figured, you know, with you being the leader of the free world and all, you'd be asleep at that hour, not up listening to a metal podcast. At least we're on only once a week, so it's not taking up that much of your time. I do that every day. Every day? Really? That's sort of insane, especially since you don't strike me as a fan of metal. How long have you been listening to metal? From kindergarten through 12th grade. That's amazing, Mr. President. You're basically telling us that you were raised on metal? I don't even know what to say to that. It's understandable if you're a little nervous. Thank you for being so understanding. I'm usually not this frazzled during an interview. To tell you the truth, it's been a pretty hectic week for me. This is no picnic for me either, Buster. Whoa, Buster. There's no need for name-calling, sir. You're stupid. Hey, what the fuck, sir? What the fuck? I thought we were getting along and now you're just being mean. Why are you acting like this? Being successful is hard. Well, I know that. Believe me. I'm the co-host of a hugely successful podcast. You're not the only one under pressure, buddy. I have something important to discuss with you. Really? Okay, what's up? The future of America depends on you. Depends on me? What could I do? I'm just the host of a hugely successful podcast. I'm not someone powerful like, uh, uh, help me out here, Mr. President. A mayor or a senator or a Supreme Court justice. But I have a lot of emotional and physical issues. I'm not really the most well-adjusted guy, you know? None of it will matter. But sir, I pee my bed. Sort of all the time. It's a sign of strength. Really? Damn, you are a good motivator, aren't you? (laughs) Man, I've been sneezing constantly since I pet your dog earlier. You don't think I caught anything off of him, do you? Cancer and AIDS. Cancer and AIDS? Holy shit, I'm gonna die! And I never even got to climb a mountain or skydive or fuck an Asian chick. Perhaps I could take that AIDS medication that seems to help or do some chemo. None of it will make a difference. Shit! I can't believe I'm going to die. I am just so glad. Come on, man. That's just fucked up. The podcast would totally suck if I'm dead. Have you heard the jokes the rest of those fucks come up with? Every single one of you has something to offer. Wow, this was a total waste of time. I got up so early today, I even fucking showered. I did all this prep and it's for nothing. You're a dick and I'm going to die. On that terrible note, do you have any final words of wisdom? You could have stayed in bed just a little bit longer this morning. Ugh, I know, right? 
Oh, well. Back to you guys in the studio. I guess I won't be seeing you next week after all. Whoa. I don't think you'd die that fast from cancer and AIDS, though. Sid has cancer and AIDS? He can do a couple of shows. Well, we knew that. But who knew that Obama had cancer and AIDS to give it to Sid? That's weird. <laughs> well, his dog. Right, right. But, I mean, where'd the dog get it from? <laughs> uh-huh. oh, that's a good. That's a good point. Uh, well, that was that was a Very interview with uh, Barack Obama. But uh, right now we're going to switch gears a little bit to the main event. All right, the man of the hour. Uh, he is both sweet and sour. Oh, sounds delicious. <laughs> he is uh, Devin Townsend. We have him on the line. Devin, are you there? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, we can hear you perfectly. We have All right. Well, then right back at you. Thank you for taking the time out of your super busy schedule, I'm sure, to uh, hang out with us no for a problem. few minutes. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for the interview, guys. I really appreciate it. Cool, cool. And uh, this is a live uh, podcast, so we will be taking callers, and I'm sure there's a bunch of your fans listening. There's a few of them uh, awesome. wig- wigging out in the chat room. So if anybody wants to ask Devin Townsend a question, the number to call is 646 929 one three five seven. But before we get to the fan callers, uh, just wanted to uh, you know uh, bring up a little rapport between us. You know, have a little uh, conversation, a little back and forth. <laughs> Indeed, but- hit me, guys. I'll tell you. Let me just tell you exactly what's going on right now. If that's all right. Yeah, it absolutely. is pouring rain in Vancouver. I just picked up the drummer, and I'm currently driving through brutal rush hour traffic to the to the uh, new rehearsal spot in which we moved into last night, also in pouring rain. And I'll tell you, man, after 20 years of doing this, SVT cabs do not get any lighter. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you're driving and on the phone? That's illegal. That's right, man. I'm just a rebel like that. That's metal. Wow. Are you on a Bluetooth? That is metal. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, you you had a really good good news today. Your, uh, Your album made the Billboard... Top 200, you came in at, like, uh, number 168 or something like that? Yes. And yeah. I mean, honestly, man, after 20 years, that is, uh, number one, like, incredibly humbling, but number two, like, incredibly surprising, you know? <laughs> right. Now, see, here's We've the been... question. It's like, uh, are you making music that's more accessible, or are there just so few records being sold that you can actually be charted now? <laughs> Well, you know, I think it depends on your point of view, right? Like, I think that if anybody uses uh, any one of these four records as a definition of my current uh, direction or where I choose to go in the future, then, you know, it could definitely be argued that this one is is, uh, more accessible than others. Mm -hmm. Having said that, though, the close proximity that each of these records share to each other kind of implies that if this is a record that maybe... Uh, doesn't appeal to somebody because of the nature of that kind of melodic structure, then there's the next one, which pretty much blows that all to hell, right? So I think that, uh, you know, uh, my whole uh, perception of what I do is as long as what I'm doing is honest and following uh, the muse, if you want to look at it that way, to, you know, it's it's the best of my ability, then I'm satisfied with it anyway. It goes. And I mean, on one level, you look at, okay, well, billboards and, and all that sort of stuff. But really, man, like 3,700 records, I'm just happy that there's an, you know at least that amount of people that, that still care after 20 years, right? I don't yeah. think we're yeah. in 
any real uh, danger of shattering any uh, sales records at this point. So commercial or not, man, I'm doing what I want, and it's honest, and I'm super stoked to have not only the opportunity to talk to you, but have people that still listen, right? Now, that's that's another thing. You're pretty much self-employed, right? Like, you don't really have a boss. You just work at your own pace. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. So yeah. How, how do you... <laughs> you know, uh, it's like, and I think... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, how do you, how do you like... Uh, set guidelines and like, you know what I mean? Like set deadlines for yourself. I mean, I'm sure there's deadlines for records, but how do you, how do you keep yourself motivated? Well, really it's like at the end of the day, you know, there's like a lot of things that, uh, come along with being self-employed that, that, uh, you know, I'm, you know, my brother-in-law, he works as a stainless steel fabricator and he's just like, man, I can't believe it. What an awesome job you've got, man. It's like, self-employed you know it's like it's a, being a musician is the easiest job in the world right but i mean the thing is you know the reality of it is to be a musician and make you know a moderate living for yourself in this particular climate you've got to be prepared to build the walls in your studio you know take the recycling in do the uh, financial bit you know do right. the samples like uh write the records master the records kind of do the artwork you know it's like it's like to do this, you've got to have uh, a vision that I think gets you through the lean times, right? Because there's moments where, you know, like last night, we're pounding this stuff up the hill and it's like, you know, things get pretty dour, right? But really, at the end of it, we're so fortunate to be able to be musicians in this day and age, you know, that... Uh, you know, that's the thing to never really let out of the sight is that this is an opportunity and, you know, I'm an entertainer and uh, really I'm qualified other than making music to lift things for a living, right? <laughs> so yeah. so the, the motivation is pretty much, you know, we're lucky to be doing this and whatever it takes to keep it going, yeah, you know, let's do it, man. It's like it's not the 80s anymore, you know? It's like what it takes to continue doing this is maybe a little more than what it did in 88 when people were selling, you know, 20,000 records out of the gate to land at 168 on the billboard charts. You know what I mean? So, right. Do you ever just like, um, after a session, do you ever just walk out and just say, man, I'm sick of hearing myself. You know what? I'm sick of hearing myself, uh, perpetually, you know, it's not, right, Ed, we're making a left here. <laughs> but, uh, okay. Uh, okay. So, I mean, yeah, man, I've been sick of myself for years. Right. And I think in a lot of ways, that's like one of the biggest challenges in terms of like continuing to keep the boat afloat is to talk about yourself. I think there's a certain level of self-loathing that goes into being a metalhead just in the beginning, you know, like it's like a lot of folks that, you know, end up playing hip hop and whatever that just absolutely love the sound of their voice. Right. But I was drawn to aggressive music because I'm just like, I've been sick of myself since I was 14. Right. So, you know, to continuously kind of not sell yourself because that definitely cheapens the fact that we're able to do this, but to continuously talk about yourself after a while, you're just like, man, I don't even want to hear about me, you know, and <laughs> you listen to your records and like people are saying, okay, well, it's addicted. They're saying, some people are saying, well, there's not enough Annika, but you know, a lot of people are saying there's too much Annika and blah, blah, blah. And they're saying, well, what's your motivation for that? And I'm saying, well, you know, essentially over the course of a year and a half, there'll be 50 new songs with my voice on it. And I am more than convinced that there'll be, you know, 
an overexposure on uh, of you know of of Devin at the end of that, to the point where you know having somebody else come in and sort of take over the vocal duties every now and then, I think is a is an absolute godsend, right? So yeah. So did she do more um, on this album, like singing wise, than on the previous albums? Because it seems like she was singing a lot, and especially with the remake of Hyperdrive. Can you just talk about well, why? Well, you know, you- I think. The nature of the concept of these four records uh, implies that Addicted has to be a certain way, just just artistically for me. Like, uh, and again, the nature of addiction is like what I'm trying to, you know, make an observation on here. And uh, absolutely, is it a, is it a moral call? Not at all. You know, like I mean, basically, I don't drink and I don't do drugs anymore, just out of self preservation, rather than thinking it's like right or wrong, right? Mm-hmm. But. As a result of that observation and the sort of the euphoria in my mind that comes from maybe admitting at a certain age that things are in your power to control and perhaps, you know, one of those things is like the ability to forgive yourself for things that previously you didn't think you'd be able to. I think that all those issues are are not necessarily gender specific. So it was important for me to have a strong female presence just to kind of like summarize the fact that, you know, this is kind of you know, as I'm sort of connecting myself in a way to like the world in a, in a way that I've always either been too afraid to, or too tentative to artistically, it seemed to make a lot of sense to me to have, you know, like a real strong female presence on this record, just, just thematically and, and elsewise. Right. So. Cool. Uh, right now on the line, we actually have Vince Nielstein from metal sucks. Little, uh, little website ah. cross promotion. Uh, Vince, are you there? I am here. All right. <laughs> Got a little, uh, How's it going, everybody? I was uh, just sitting here uh, getting ready for my uh, pre-Thanksgiving ritual with uh, some of my old buddies who are back in town and uh, thought, shit, it's the Metal Injection live cast and Devin is calling in. I got to call in and uh, say hi to thanks. everybody. Well, thanks, man. It's, it's great to talk to you and uh, it's great to be on the line with everybody and I'm parked now, so now I can sit here in my car and actually focus and not sound like as much like a frantic autopilot as I have for the past 10 minutes. Turn left here. <laughs> now we can get to the beef of the conversation. Hit me. So, uh, Devin, you, you uh, took over Metal Sucks uh, last week, and uh, you, had to be yeah. a, you had to be a blogger for a day. How was that? Did you enjoy you the know experience? What? That's something I was actually looking forward to for a long time. I mean, I, I, I'm a... I, I really rely on the internet or in the internet more so than you know perhaps I I should right but uh, I've got a host of sites like we all kind of do I'm sure that we go to every day and you know I go to Blabbermouth I go to Metal Sucks and you know I do the Twitter routine and you know I check out a bunch of things I go to Fail Blog and check out lots <laughs> of you know YouTube clips of people dropping hammers on themselves and whatever right but I mean. <laughs> The, the metal sucks thing is just cool because it's like there's you know the nature of what I do it's like uh, it's really easy to to misinterpret you know number one the music and you know number two the intentions right I think that with Pro Tools and with the ability to kind of say all these things musically there's always the the risk of of you know people thinking that either you take yourself too seriously or you really think that you know, your shit doesn't stink on some level, right? So to be able to, like, have an opportunity to say, well, here's what I'm into, here's where I'm at, you know, I love what I do, I'm super stoked, I got a bunch of close friends that I, you know, I love and I I need around me, and basically, 
you know, the, the, the bottom line is, you know, I watch really bad TV shows and sit around on my gaunt scratching my balls more than I do, you know, like, uh, worry too much about, you know, the metaphoric nature of anything, right? Like, and so the metal sucks thing was a great opportunity for me to say a lot in a short period of time. Right. Yeah. So thanks. Thanks Vince. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I think it went over pretty well. People seem to really respond. I mean, um, you know, we definitely had a lot more visitors that day when, than we usually do and a lot more people commenting. And I think just psyched to interact with you on such a, a personal level, you know, on such a real time level. And well, you Vince, know, I think it's oh. funny you say that because it's like the, uh, you know, obviously the nature of the industry is just, it's changed so much. And, you know, I think that if people, like I mentioned earlier about the eighties, right. If you're, if your attachment to like an older model stays, then yeah, it's, it's going to bump people out with like downloading and, and whatever. But on the other hand, I think what it, it takes now, because there is really no money and there really is no incentive for people to spend 15 bucks on a piece of plastic, right? Like, you know, I think that, being able to relate and say, well, look, you know, we're all kind of in this together in a weird way, you know, and no one's better or worse than anybody else. We're all just kind of trying to represent who we are in, you know, at least some sort of artistic way. And, and it's, it's funny. It's like, I've just always been so misanthropic. You know, I think that's another, you know, tendency with metal heads in general. It's, and I don't know if that's like a fear of other people or something, you know, even deeper than that, but, the internet in a strange way, as much as it kind of separates everybody by putting us in our own little boxes, it's, it's the most social that I've ever been, you know, and it's, it's, there's a strange irony to that. And I think that ultimately helps my creative process as well, because when you realize that you're actually singing to and dealing with other humans, right. That are either smarter than you or less smart than you or more talented than you or less talented than you. Basically it's just a way to say, well, you know, here's my, here's my connection to the things that interest me through this kind of middle-class white Canadian filter. And here's my, you know, uh, contribution to a whole world of music, you know, and you were saying, someone they were saying earlier, but well, don't you ever get sick of yourself? I'm like, well, of course, you know, that's why I love so many other bands, right? <laughs> like in my time off from work. And I mean, like the last thing I want to hear is me yelling about something, right? Let's listen to somebody else. Right. So, I mean, do you think that, I mean, and maybe you guys touched on this earlier, I didn't hear the, uh, the beginning of the conversation, but, you know, you mentioned the 80s. And, I mean, do you think the era of sort of the big rock star that's removed from contact with the population is over? Like, do you think that really in order to reach any sort of success these days, you have to make yourself available via the Internet and via whatever other means? You know, I don't know if you have to, but I think it's polite, you know, and I mean... I think that, uh, you know, the age of the rock star, you know, if, if we look at it that way, I, I think there's just, again, there's, there's this, even what I'm trying to touch on with addicted in my own kind of silly way here is, you know, the nature of addiction, it comes down to like idolatry as well. Like we look at religion and it's just like, this seems to be this human need to put people on a pedestal and like assume that, you know, somebody external or something external from you either holds the keys to some conspiracy or some universal knowledge that maybe you don't, right? And I think that that ultimately leads people to either make assumptions on themselves or others that are unhealthy for the creative process, right? And I mean, basically, you know, when I say following the muse, I mean, the things that I like, like the things that are important to me in my life are the same, you know, I like family, I like food, I like sex, I like sleep. I mean, you know, there's no real big mystery there. And I think that, you know, when you get 
like just another human and you put him in a position of just so much, uh, you know, like there's so much like pressure on him. It's like, well, this person's like a genius or this person is like, uh, you know, like this, this creative entity from another world or whatever. Then ultimately people just end up Kurt Cobain in themselves because you can never live up to that. Right. It's like unreasonable to, right. to assume. So I think that, you know, the record addicted, I think a part of that is like, what is it that we're addicted to? I mean, drugs or alcohol or sex or whatever aside, that's, those are just kind of like things, right? They're not by nature positive or negative. They're just things. But what is it about humans that seems to need to externalize these, you know, questions and think that, well, maybe there's something else out there that we need to, you know, we need to know, oh, and that guy's got it or that lady's got it or whatever, right? So. Right. I don't know. I hope that the age of the rock stars coming to an end, right? Speaking of rock stars, uh, a few months ago, uh, you mentioned uh, your fellow uh, countrymen, Nickelback, and how huge they were. And you said that you were gonna you were gonna make a record that would be like your take on what Nickelback should sell, sound like. <laughs> and, well, you know, I think the thing is as well, and it's like you know, again, it's like I even mentioned something on the Metal Sucks site about that as well. It's like the problem with interviews as well is like. For example, here I am today driving through, you know, rush hour traffic with a, you know, a drummer in one seat and rain's pouring down and uh-huh. my wife's pissed about something. And I'm like, and it's so easy to slip and just say something that is, you know, either uh, inaccurate or the semantics of it make it perceived in a way that makes you come off like a dumbass. So, like, basically what, I'll, what I will clarify about the Nickelback comment is they're from Vancouver. Um, I know they're engineers, you know, I'm good friends with Scott, who's one of their main engineers. And, um, I've been fascinated with like the production process. I mean, I love, you know, uh, you know, studio gear. I'm a, I'm a total gear nerd. Right. And like more so than Nickelback, the thing that really was fascinating to me about that dark horse record was Mutt Lang. Because again, when I was 15, Hysteria was just such a cool experience for me, right? It just like sounded so space age and perfect. And I love that. And to kind of hear Mutt Lang take that kind of aesthetic to a band that's typically been just like about hard rock was interesting to me. You know, and granted, I went in interviews. I said, oh, you know, Chad Kroger sings about his penis and whatever. And, and it has more of an observation as well. Like, I don't care. Like, honestly, he's singing about his penis, but, you know, he sells 10 million records as opposed to 10,000 dev records. So somebody's got it right. You know what I mean? Like, whether or not that's a high art or whatever, I still haven't figured out. But what I wanted to do with Addicted was just kind of like take some of that like uh, finicky production technique and kind of the frequency range that they had dealt with and, and do my version of it, right? And again, did I succeed in that? That's subjective, right? I think it sounds like a good record. Does it sound as good as a Mutt Lang, Randy Staub record? Well, who knows, right? Leave that up to other people. It's pretty catchy. It's been in my head. There. Quite a while. Uh, we're gonna. I'm just gonna do uh, one more question before we start taking calls. Uh, but uh, a bunch of people in the chat room keep ask, asking this, so I just want you to clarify that uh, it's like uh, Strapping Young Lad is just done, right? Like you, you're you've moved on from that, right? Because every like every other person is just like, oh, is he gonna do that again? So just, Dude, I, and I absolutely understand that. I mean, <laughs> if you give me just like another couple minutes to ramble like an idiot here, I'll I'll give my spiel. Basically. <laughs> Strapping and Left, I love that band. I absolutely am proud of everything we've done. I think Gene Hogan is incredible. Jed and Byron are friends for life. I love that band. I love everything we did. You know, basically, there's some bands that their creative process, 
uh, let's take, for example, Slayer or Judas Priest, where they wake up, one of the members wakes up and, and writes a riff, and then they slowly morph that into something that is part of a brand that has a particular sound, a particular you know, selling feature, be it lyrically or, or, uh, or like whatever, modally, that is like, that's a Slayer song, or that's a Judas Priest song, and that's how they do. And I think, in all honesty, that type of creative process, which has resulted in, in tons of amazing music, probably sustains a career in a way that maybe mine doesn't. However, the way my creative process works is it's intrinsically tied to whatever emotional catalyst or emotional development I'm currently going through. I mean, I never said to myself when I was 12 years old, I'm going to be a musician. That's it. I'm going to play on a stage and, you know, I'm going to stand there like Thor with a lightning bolt. Like I just, <laughs> ever since I can remember, man, it was like when I was seven years old, I'd be like, okay, it's a rainy day. So I'd pick up an acoustic guitar and I'd write something that to me sounded like a rainy day. Right. And I still do that. It's like a cathartic release and very much uh, an emotional response to every period of my life. So as a result of that, I've gone through some very negative periods that have resulted in, you know, the cathartic release. It's almost unconscious. It's like as a result of me trying to get from one point in life to the next, and ultimately my goal is to grow as a person, music comes out. Some years it's like Terrier. Some years it's like Strapping a Lad. Some years it's like Ziltoid, right? I truly don't have, you know, much of a control over it. So to to make a long story even longer, with Strapping Young Lad, the period of life that that was a very direct and honest representation of where I was at was my 20s. And what made Strapping Young Lad such a vital musical energy, something that I absolutely respect and I think the legacy is incredible, is the fact that it was coming from a purely honest place and, and the... Oh, and the questions that I was asking were, were basically, you know, a direct result of that period of my life. So as a result of that changing, me getting older and solving a lot of those things, what ended up happening for Strapping Young Dad towards the end of it for me was in order to reconnect with it and make it a vital musical force like I know it needed to be, I ended up doing self-destructive things to myself, either drugs or alcohol or social situations that were unhealthy, strictly just to, like, maintain the integrity of the band. And what ends up happening like that is the kind of bullshit martyr syndrome. And I'm just not into it, man. And so basically, I kept every element of honesty to the very end of Strapping Young Lad, and then at that point, I was like, I need to change, man. What I want to do in the future is, like, symphonic and to be kind of tied to something that I had resolved years ago, like not only was a disservice to myself creatively, but also a disservice in my opinion to the people that hold that band so dear, because what makes it good is the fact that it wasn't a lie. And so as honest as alien was, because that was perfectly honest is as honest as key was, you know, it's the same thing. It's just a different packaging. Okay, right on. I, I think that answered a few questions. And now, uh, finally, Breathe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, now we're going to take uh, some uh, some callers. So if you want to call and ask Devin Townsend a question, this is completely unfiltered, Devin. So uh, we might get some uh, shitty callers, but I'm sure you might be into that. Uh, um, whatever, man. Bring it. <laughs> All right, Rob, uh, I got to jump. Thanks All right. again for having me on. All right, that was uh, Vince Nielsen from uh, Metal Sucks. 
thinks he can just barge in on our interviews. We don't fucking go <laughs> onto his blog. Our turn to get to have Devin Townsend. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> but uh, let's say let's take the first call. Six three one. You're on the line with Devin Townsend. What's your question? Well, hey there. First, I'd uh, I'd like to say I'm kind of pissed because my Xbox just shit the bed. But, uh, Your Xbox? Oh, dude, that sucks, man. What is yeah, it? Is it, uh, is it a 360 or an old one? It's a 360. I got the three red rings of death, bro. It's fucking heinous right now. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, what were you going to play? What were you going to play, though? All my buddies are with NHL, so uh, I was about to rock the, uh, the the new Call of Duty. Ah, yeah, dude, I can't get into I can't get into video games, man. I keep trying. There's only one game I ever got into, and it was Burnout. Because oh, yeah. basically, I just hold my finger on one button, and things blow up. That's totally my style. <laughs> Explosions are always key. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, I'd, I'd like to just ask you about how in depth your your musical knowledge actually goes, because you could definitely hear some serious uh, knowledge of harmony and whatnot. So could you just uh, tell me a little bit about that? Uh, I don't even know the names of my frets, in all honesty. Like, uh, um, I went to school, like high school, and took theory there. I've got a vague knowledge of what's going on. I've got a vague idea that the tuning I use kind of puts me into Lydian if I play a standard power chord. But even what comprises Lydian, I don't know. I mean, really, someone said it, said to me uh, the other day that just like, you know, if you just did 10 songs like Life off of Ocean Machine, then... You could make a million dollars, right? Well, 15 years ago, right? But basically, you know, I wouldn't even know how to start writing a song like that. I wake up and there's either a song or there isn't. And sometimes they're more appealing to people than others, right? So, you know, I just kind of, to, to answer it, I really don't know, man. I just, I hear it and I know how it should go and I just do it. And I wish I knew because then I could, you know, hang out with the prog scene a little more, but... <laughs> but I don't know. Well, there you have it. Wow. Well, that's, that's pretty impressive. Thanks. <laughs> All right, cool. And uh, uh, let's take a second call. Uh, wait, wait. I have a question before. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so um, I know that you were um, touring with uh, Steve Vai at one point, and you were also on his uh, Sex and Religion album. Did you ever study with him? Did he ever like teach you guitar and stuff? Well, it's funny. This next record I'm doing, it's uh, called Deconstruction. It's like the third record of this four-record uh, series. And it's like, really, I want to write symphonies, right? And I know what I want to hear, but I don't even know what the notes are called, right? So I have been sending demos to Steve and talking to him, and he's been giving me a real clash or a crash course recently in theory. And, I mean, it's taken 15 years for me to realize, like, you know, that he's a really close friend right and um so in terms of like guitar when i was working with him yeah he's like he showed me how to play his parts but typically i've always been in another tuning since the beginning i've never been in standard tuning i've been in like drop c or drop b or something or open c i mean an open b so they'd be saying well it's a b you know <laughs> it's the you know whatever that's the the 12th fret on the b string and i'm just kind of like oh, well, on my guitar, that's actually not a B, that's something else. And in all honesty, I have no idea what it is. So I've kind of been rolling blind for so long. You're so just with, really in touch with, with the music. What's that? I'm sorry? I said you're just really in touch with the music. You don't, you don't even need to know theory or anything. I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like, uh, you know, I guess. Yeah, I'm in touch with the music, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I mean, I, I had a follow-up question. I just, I was wondering... 
um, from like all the, um, you know, like the time you've spent with Steve Vai, is there just like, like a moment or a lesson that like sticks out in your mind even now until this day from that experience? I'm sorry, what was that? Is there like a moment or some type of lesson that you've learned from Steve Vai that still like sticks out in your mind even until today? Yeah, you know, I, I, I learned a lot about, you know, what, uh, what, because right when I got together with him it was like 1991 and it was at the end of that era, right, where things were just on the downslope of being these, these kind of huge hyperbolic, you know, uh, exaggerated personalities. And I think that I found myself resenting it because it was, you know, the time that I came into it, which I guess is fortunate. I, it was like, you know, it was like, I see, you know, I saw, uh, this, this kind of like this, this old guard, uh, kind of forcibly having to pass the torch. And it was just very awkward, mm. not only for Steve, cause I think he managed to actually, uh, get through it. But, uh, there's a lot of people that were just like struggling, just like, it's not fair, you know, like, like for years we were able to kind of like live out these fantasies and not really have to like lift anything essentially. And then, you know, I found myself being really resentful towards that kind of sense of entitlement that came with it. And, you know, I, I, you know, I, it typically, it takes me a long time to figure something out. You know, I'm like my mother that way. It's like, mm-hmm. I'll be mad at something and I'll lash out at 40 things before I realize, you know, the true cause of what I'm angry about. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it took me 15 years after that, you know, I joined a bunch of bands I went and joined a band in England and did a bunch of stuff in the States. And it's just now that I'm coming to terms with the fact that, you know, maybe I was just like jealous or something because that first Steve I record never, you know, materialized into what I thought it was going to be. So the lessons I learned from him were just musical and like environmental and just watching him react to things. And, you know, it's, it's like an ongoing process, right? Cool. Well, let's take some more calls from the audience. By the way, if you want to give us a call, the number is 646-929-1357. And right now we're going to have 318 on the line. You are with Devin Townsend. What is your name and your question? Hey man, my name is Mark. Uh, How's it going? It's good, man. How you doing? Pretty good. Uh, regarding a tour you'll be on with uh, Between the Buried Me in January, I have to admit I was pretty surprised to see your name on the bill and all because it's a really bad, badass lineup. I'll definitely be at one of the shows. But I was curious to hear your opinion of all the other bands on the bill. I mean, have you had, have you had a chance to check them out? Yeah, we did We did that OzFest tour uh, with Between the Buried Me. And, and you know, I've, I've spent a bit of time with their music. I can't say I'm super familiar with it. But the thing that I do remember from that is just they were great people you know like uh there was a lot of like the kind of the pissing contests that were going on where everybody's just kind of trying to one-up each other at that at that show but they were just this one band that were just like casual nice guys they're talented musicians uh you know they were like clear-eyed enough that you know you can have conversations with them and enjoy their company and you know i've spent a bit of time with their music past this but you know, what I typically listen to when I'm not creating it is, is it tends not to be really like chaotic and heavy. So I listen to it enough to appreciate it, but I've never spent enough time with it to have a fully formed opinion, but you know, that'll definitely change. Cynic, um, same thing. We're sharing a bus with Cynic and, uh, I've known about their legacy, but again, it's just, I've never, it's never been like a band that I spent a lot of time with. So, I sat down with Paul uh, in L.A. a couple of months back, and I just, again, it's like we hit it off, and I really liked the guy. And, 
You know, I think for my first tour back in three years, and specifically without that kind of mask, that kind of like acerbic, you know, uh, thing that I was able to kind of protect myself with, with strapping a lad, I'm kind of having to go out there and just be like, well, hey, here's me, right? Like, I got 15 records. and these so are no, like, angry, you know, uh, right? no angry stage banter this time? <laughs> Well, you know, who knows? I mean, it's like, I think that the angry stage banter was in a lot of ways, again, it's just like an honest reaction to the fact I just didn't want to be on tour, Right. you know? So, you know, I'm up on stage going, well, I'm bored out of my mind. And I mean, I love the guys I'm with and we had lots of fun, but it's like what I want to do musically just comprises like a lot of emotions and to kind of have to go up and be angry in a night when I, on a night when I wasn't was just like, you know, I found that my best way of alleviating some of that stress is just being a just being a cock, right? But at the same time, will that go away completely? I mean, I doubt it. I mean, I, I'm a performer, and there's like a switch, and I'm pretty certain will get, you know, flipped. And it might not be as acerbic, but it's definitely not going to be mellow, you know? I think there's... Uh, the, my true nature, I think, is is not quite strapping a lad. It's not quite the Devon Townsend bad. It's, it's, it's somewhere in the middle there. So my cool. opinion on the bands is I think they're great. I think Skill the Summit's really cool as well. But, you know, as always is the case with me on tour, I usually don't really know how I feel about the bands till the end. Like, I remember we did a tour with Meshuggah years ago, and before we went out, I was like, yeah, they're cool, right? But by the end of it, I was like, oh, they're incredible. So, you know, I think it's it's it remains to be seen. Cool. And do you know how much well, time you're going to be? Sure. Oh, sorry about that. Thank you for call through. What's that? I'm sorry. Uh, do you know how much time you're going to be getting uh, to perform? I think I'm only. I think we're only doing like half an hour, which is which is unfortunate. But I think there's also something to consider the fact that because it's been so long, I think the industry, uh, the fan base, and myself. I think there's like like kind of a tentative thing going on between all of us. Where you know I'm going. I don't know if I want to tour. And the industry's going, well, we don't know if you're going to keep doing it, keep doing it. The fan base is kind of like, well, we don't know if we're going to like it. So I think this is a good first opportunity for me to give it my best. And at the end of it, I think there'll be a lot of questions, at least personally answered, right? Where is it worth being away from everything, you know, to do that? Because, you know, I'm like 37 years old and and humping it around in a van at this point is just, I've got, I've got ways. I, I, I'd much rather make a bunch of records than, than do that all year. But right. at the same time, I think as we talked about earlier, it's essential for artists in this day and age to be able to say, well, here I am, right? Like, here I am. Let's do it. So I'm prepared for that too. Cool, cool. So you don't really uh, see yourself doing much touring is, is what you're saying? Like, w w are you ever going to do a headlining tour? Is what what I'm really trying. Oh to yeah, but again, I guess I guess again to clarify a little more. I apologize. This first tour is the deciding, you know, the deciding tour for me. Like, right. you know, if we go out there and people are just kind of like, oh yeah, it's that dude again. Except now he's bald. Great, you know. I mean, when's the next band on? Then I mean, it's like, you know, it might not be something that I'll be super motivated to do. But on the other hand, man, we've been working like right now. I'm sitting outside the jam spot, the bass player and drummer just just got in and they're just setting up the stuff and warming on the broom right but dude i'll tell you it sounds awesome like you know i've i've you know really worked to try and make this happen and kind of not 
come out like a half-assed version of things that I've done in the past. I want this to be like a new version. People say, well, that's cool. You know, like, yeah, Strapping was an awesome band. Yeah, for sure. No questions. But if this is the direction he chooses to go in now, that's cool, too, because it's still heavy. It's just a different version of who he is. And, you know, again, an honest version of who I am now. So I'm looking forward to it is the bottom line. We'll be back with more Devin Townsend after this music break.
Hello. Hello, Devin. You know what's great is since the last time we talked, because my guys are upstairs jamming, but I gave them my keys, so I went in after we last talked, I locked myself out of my car, so I'm, <laughs> I'm freezing my balls off out here, man, so I'm oh. walking in circles right now, so we're all good. Oh, man, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. How, what's, no, it's wicked, man. I'm glad to have the opportunity. It's just been a crazy experience. <laughs> what's the weather like in Vancouver right now? I imagine it's it pretty cold. It is miserable, dude. It is just like... Rain of biblical proportions and miserable, sopping wet people. Is it like four, <laughs> in the forties or so? Is it colder than that? Like how cold would it be? Well, there's a bit of there's a bit of snow in the rain, but you know it's like uh, it's it's still liquid, so you know it's all good. It's not much off from uh, New York, actually. It's yeah, kind of what we have yeah, now. I, I think we're on the same kind of uh, same kind of latitude here. So, oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. cool. All right. Well, we have a few more callers. Uh, hopefully, they'll, Definitely, man. Go they'll, for ma- it. they'll come it through. And uh, again, if you want to call us up, the number is 646-929-1357. I'm going to start things off with 516. Hello, 516. Hi, Kevin Yes, it is, indeed. Who are you? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> my name's Sean. What's going on, man? A long-time fan, dude. This is awesome, crazy. Man. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm, uh, I, I just finished driving around doing an interview with low blood sugar, so I rambled like a total idiot, and I have no idea what I've been saying <laughs> for the past little while. And uh, I'm enjoying it. It's kind of it's intellectual, man. I just watched the new Star Trek movie, so when it comes to rambling, I just... I haven't seen the new Star Trek, man. I saw what I read last night. I rented Bruno, which didn't do much for me, and uh, the Anvil movie, which I thought was awesome. Nice. Yeah, I've been wanting to see Anvil forever. And Bruno, too. Bruno didn't do much for you, or no? Like, I, it was funny. I don't know if it wasn't as good as Borat and, you know, Valley G Show, but I, I need to check it out. So, what's your question? question? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Back to that. I got a little topic. Uh, hold on. My friend here has some questions for you, Chris. Who do I ask? Some uh, questions. You're talking addicted. You got the picture you drew of the uh, farmer, and it says corn looking good. It's hard to hear you, man. I'm kind of going on every third word. So it's something about the picture I drew on your addicted cover. Which one was it? Uh, it was uh, a picture of a farmer. He just farming, and it says corn looking good. <laughs> Dude, yeah, you know what? I, I basically, I was running out of ideas, man. Like uh, that's the bottom line. There, it's like, uh, you know, basically, it's it's like the days right now are, are between trying to get the band ready and trying to get everything going and trying to keep business rolling and you know money and keep you know got a wife and family and all that stuff, right? Cool. We had to do we had to do those covers. And uh, basically, I was just going to start by doing, you know, all the, like the DTP logo and then splatter the paint on them and then, uh, you know, and then do the, the hearts on the back. But every now and then I just get some, some idea and just kind of say, okay, well, this one, I'll just do that because get the done. And I guess the corn's looking good was was basically where my head was at at that point. Maybe I was like, you know what, maybe I just need to be a farmer, you know. <laughs> Dude, there's a new, the last batch, because I was doing them in my garage there where we put all the paint on it and... uh I got a cat, right, and scratching madly at the door, and we let him in, and he, he, he just ran all over them while the paint was still wet and just totally biffed them. So there's, like, these cat prints on a bunch of them, and they just ended up smearing on each other. So 
You know, that's the uh, that's the Uber special ones. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Thanks. Thanks for your call, man. Yeah, and, you're uh, welcome. Oh, well, good. Cheers. All right, we got another caller. Four oh eight. You are on the line with Devin Townsend. What is your name and question? Uh, John Peters. John Peters. All right. Hello, John. Okay. Uh, my question is, I was wondering if we could get any hints at the drummers or singers on deconstruction. Uh, you know what? I've got a bunch of people that I'm planning on using for deconstruction, but basically, uh, I've got you know about uh, about fifteen grand for each of these records, and uh, and I mean, it's, uh, fifteen grand is a lot of money, obviously, but I mean, for a record, it doesn't go very far between art and photos and all that. So, I'm kind of kind of trying to figure out what the best use of that money is, you know, because I also want to put like. I've got like I've got this whole orchestral thing that I want to do in like a choir and you know and then I just got a ton of different styles for like different drummers and everything and like a ton of different parts for vocalists but it, it's really going to come down to unfortunately charity from a lot of these folks and um, you know and above and beyond that what the best use of time versus computer is so there's a bunch of people that I'm kind of got confirmed. But before I kind of let the cat out of the bag, because you never know when those things can go south, depending on schedule conflicts or whatever, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna remain silent on that if that's okay. Cool, uh, uh, Devin. Uh, we have a, a question in the chat room. One guy keeps copying and pasting yeah. it over and over again. So I'll just uh, yeah, go go go. I'll, I'll go. ask it here. But uh, uh, so, uh, they were wondering if you would ever consider a reunion with Ginger Wildheart, because Ginger said Ginger, be into it. You know. Ginger is, uh, he's, he's, he's an incredible musician, an incredibly honest person, and I, uh, I love him dearly. Uh, not yet, I guess would be the most immediate answer. Um, you know, it's like I've got enough going and then enough that I want to do, and basically my biggest problem with being in a band of any sort is regardless of what the potential is or what the potential isn't, I, dude, other people sap my energy. You know, and the people that are the most passionate and the most intense and the most beautiful are often the ones that I end up thinking too much about, you know, and it's like being in strapping was really difficult because it's like five guys you're married to without any fringe benefits. Right. (laughs) And it's like, it's like, so I think there's a real uh, element of like control that I need to have currently. And I'm not talking about forever, but I mean, currently that, you know, I'm trying to exercise with this Devin Townsend project and whatever. I'll tell you what I'd like to do with Ginger. Um, you know, other than have him as, you know, my friend forever is, you know, so here we are, we're both 55. We both got a couple of acoustic guitars and we do an acoustic record. That's perfect. <laughs> That'd be awesome. But I mean, dude, the new, the new Wild Hearts record is incredible. And like his solo stuff, I mean, Ginger's out of his, dude, not out of his mind. He's very much in his mind actually. But <laughs> that guy, that guy needs, um, you know, I personally think that that guy's one of those musicians that people just need to realize the brilliance of what he does, man, because he's, he's, he's just so good, man. And he's so powerful passionate and so honest and in terms of me working or not working with him man i don't want to work with anybody right now you know i want to work with <laughs> yeah. ziltoid right because he gives me the less the least amount of things to think about <laughs> you know? cool cool and uh, will there be any crab core on this new record crab core oh yeah. well you know you know i think uh i've been vegetarian for too many years man like uh maybe there'll be uh tofu core you know <laughs> 
Nice. You know? Like I don't Very know, man. Nice. Like, like you know, it's funny. It's it's it's. Uh, you know, I see people like totally raging on that attack, attack band, man. And yeah. I mean, you got to admit it, it's pretty funny, right? But <laughs> that being said, it's like, you know, I can't help but there's a couple other videos I saw posted after with dudes, you know, at the talent show, you know, yeah. doing super Grover vocals in front yeah, of their yeah. mom. And I was just kind of like, oh, dude, I don't know. <laughs> it's so crazy how, how it's just like bled into the mainstream, you know, like stuff you'd never really expect to happen. I guess with something like, like a, Hot topic being in malls and just it just it's just everywhere now. Whereas like even like five years ago, it was still very very much underground and like. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because when we did Ozfest with Strapping, that was one of the like like the, the one of the straws that broke the camel's back for me. In all honesty, because I got to this point where I was just like, what started? I remember we did a tour with Testament and Stuck Mojo, and we played in Atlanta, and the audience hated us. And so we just hated back and it was just like, all right, you don't like us. We don't like you. Right. And, yeah. you know, bass player got into a fight and I'm screaming at everybody and the dudes are fighting. And it was like, but that was like really an honest, like, well, shit, you know, we're in a van and we, you know, this sucks. You know, we play, come all this way to play for you and we're a good band and you're giving us this attitude. Well, fuck you. Right. <laughs> and so that, and that kind of became our thing. And then all of a sudden when we were doing OzFest, I remember looking out and I'm going, you suck. And the irony of all of a sudden was just like, yeah, you're right. We suck. Isn't that great? There's, there's that band that throws out those ironic acerbic comments. Isn't that great? Check out their T-shirts. It exemplifies that ironic acerbic quality, right? <laughs> and I'm thinking what started as like a middle finger, which is what the passion of metal really was about for me in the beginning, ended up being this like really weird commodity. And, you know, and when things that start off with the, you know, their true nature being in like, well, look, I'm mad at my dad. You know, so I'm going to go scream for a while when all of a sudden that becomes part of this mainstream uh, consciousness in a way like all the power gets sucked out of it. You know, like yeah. I saw you know, that, you know, just like the idea of like that Polish commercial where that guy's pretending to be Nurgle. Right. And it's just like you get that you get that idea of like, you know, what is a truly passionate statement becomes almost neutered by the fact that people think it's like, oh, it's so cute, you know, yeah, and it's yeah, like. Yeah. It, it's like, it's not cute. That's the whole idea with playing metal. I didn't, you know, the reason I play metal is because I'm not cute. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. If I was cute, man, I'd be in like some boy band singing about, you know, love gone wrong or something, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Okay, cool. We have, we have, uh, we only have five minutes left. So if you guys want to, uh, four minutes left. So if you guys want to make a call, now's the time to do it. 646-929-1357-804. You have been patiently waiting on the line. What is your name in question? 804. <laughs> what? 804, where art thou? <laughs> you don't hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we hear, hear you. you. Go ahead. Oh, shit. Oh, man, I didn't know <laughs> I ended up on here. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. You never know with blog talk. Uh, I'm Zane. Hey, Dev. How you doing? Um, Good, man. Hit me. Hit, hit me. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed, you know, all the writing you did for Metal Suck on that one day, and I was just wondering if you planned on doing any future, uh, you know, guest blogging, stuff like that. Guest, guest, guest blogging, did you say? Or start yeah. your own blog. Uh, oh, are you talking that? about... Sorry, there's a there's a cavalcade of semi trucks going by here. Did you say blogging like yes. with the metal sucks kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like I, I'm I'm such a mouthpiece, man. That it's like 
basically I don't I like I'm a hunt and poke type of typist, right? So I mean, it sucks for me to type, but man, you just give me a microphone and, a, and, a, and an incentive and I'll ramble on like an idiot, like I have for the past hour and anybody, right? So <laughs> maybe you just need you know, a podcast. Like, yeah, totally. <laughs> hey there, it's Radio Dev, right on, Dead 95.3, Vancouver's home of rock and roll. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> that was great. That was perfect. <laughs> totally have the voice. All right. Thank you, 804-503. You're on the line. You got to make this quick. I am not a number. I am a free man. <laughs> uh, Hurry up, 503. 503. Yes, yes, you are 503. Isn't that your area code? Hit me. I think so, yeah. Well, so what's your question? Quickly. Uh, um, <laughs> I don't know who said it, but crab gore for the win. Okay. All right. Why I hear you. that, man? That is that is the most interesting question of the night because, in a way, it's like a statement. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We we might have an actual question now. Four oh eight. Reveal yourself quickly. Um. Hi. Yeah. No. Uh, I was just wondering. Um. I'm a really big fan of you. Really, really good music and stuff like that. Uh. And in relation to Lost, I did notice some patterns to your albums. Uh. All Lost numbers seem to be. Uh, corresponding to one of your very important albums, which is kind of cool. Uh, but no, my main question was about bears. What are your thoughts on bears, Devin? I respect your on opinions. Beards. I would like to know what are your thoughts on bears? Bears or on beards? A beard. Beards or like B-A-R-S. bears? B A R S. Well, you know, B-A-R-S. I'm. I am absolutely hetero. There is no question about that. So, you know, it's like if somebody's into having sex with big men, that is absolutely, you know, their prerogative. 90 seconds. And I'm cool with it. But, you know, for me, dude, like, you know, I've been married for 20 years and I am absolutely into the females. So, but I mean, I appreciate it, dude. The big furry animals, love them. Don't eat me. We're good to go. Cool, man. You guys, well, it's been a real honor. Thank you so much for the interview. I'm sorry it's been so erratic with like the driving and all that sort of shit, but I mean, I really appreciate the support, and you guys are doing a great thing. I pay attention to you guys all the time. Seconds. Have a great day. Uh, She's like, how, how rude of her, you know? She's like, get off the phone. No, Listen to her. With you know, it's accent. like, what's going to happen? We got to... Men, we've got to disarm this time bomb because if it hits 60 seconds, who knows what will happen to the island? <laughs> well, Devin, we really appreciate you uh, you taking an hour of your time and walking around in circles in the cold and talking sure. to us. Thank you very yeah, much. I'm going I'm to go in and try and get this show together for you all. Have a great one, Cool, guys. man. We'll really definitely check you guys support. out in New York. Uh, and, of sure. course, pick up Addicted, the new Devin Townsend CD. And, uh, Devin, uh, thanks again. You hang up. Cheers, yeah, I'll talk to you soon, man. <laughs> All right, uh, later, Devin. Cheers. That was Devin Townsend calling into the Metal Injection livecast. Uh, we hope you guys had a good time. And That went by um, so fast. That was oh. uh, It might have been the, the five or ten minutes that we were freaking out because uh, Block Talk Radio blew up. Yeah, and, and we thought that maybe we lost our archive. But we did not. We did not. Uh, so thank you to everybody who uh, listened in. Thank you to Devin Townsend. Thank you to Sid for not ruining it. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. What a relief not to have him breathing down my neck. What what'd you think of Devin Townsend, Sid? Oh, that's great. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> we will be back with a brand new episode next week. We hope you will join us. We don't have any guests planned <gasps> right now, but maybe I'll work on it. 
Okay. <laughs> if good. I feel like it. Cool. What should we close out the show with? I would say we should close out the show with a bit that we've done. Let's see which bits. Uh, I don't know. How about uh, the Alex Skolnick PSA? I have that. Would you like to hear it? Yes. Here it is. For $20, you can go to the movies and even get some popcorn. In Jersey, for $20, you can buy Alex Skolnick a couple of new packs of guitar strings. For $20, you can go to the amusement park. In Jersey, for $20, you could help Alex Skolnick take a cab to his gig at a local bar. For $20, you can spend the night bowling with friends. In Ocean City, New Jersey, for $20, you can help get Alex Skolnick to finally move out of my fucking living room. Hello, my name is Thor Shredstein, and I'm here to urge you to donate all you can to the Alex Skolnick Relief Fund, better known as Asriff. Anything you can spare will help get Alex back on his feet after this rough patch in his life. Even a couple of dollars could help buy him a phone card he can then use to call Chuck Billy and beg for another tour. So please, give all you can. Alex is waiting for you.